you like stories about haunted locations, or maybe tales of cryptids and spooky folklore from around the world. If so, why not tune in to Haunted Escapes with Chris and Diane, where all this and more will be discussed. New episodes drop every Sunday, the visual versions the following Friday on YouTube. So why not come join us on our Haunted Escapes? Hi, this is Diane. And this is Kelly of the History Goes Bump podcast. We are in our 10th year of production for the podcast. And we can say without reservation that no other podcast has covered as many haunted locations as we have. We prove that history isn't boring. It's terrifying. Find History Goes Bump wherever you get your podcasts. Keep it spooky. I just got a message that said my internet is unstable. Honestly, internet at times, so am I. So we have that in common. Welcome to the Activity Continues podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Megan. And this is Amy. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, this week, we are continuing our little mini series on the documentary Fall River. So we're taking a small break from the Dead Files for now. Um, the last recap was a little bit of a hot mess, I realized, as we bit. were editing it. Yeah. Um But honestly, that's the way the show is structured. We were just yeah. walking you through the way the show is. And... They it basically wasn't just. Our fault. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of it was mine because I wrote the outline, but, <laughs> um, but it was that's the way they did it. They were like, "Here's Drew, Carl Drew. Mm-hmm. Here's Robin Murphy. Here's Karen." And you're like, "Who yep. the fuck are these people?" And then yeah. they and then they tell you. They do the, like a very yeah. high level overview, yep. and then they do a deep dive. And exactly. I kind of get why they do it, but at the same time, I don't because it's super confusing. Like you're starting out and they're like, here's 5,500 people right. and then we're going to explain everybody to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hang on. We'll get there. Like we always say. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, it it doesn't, I think part of it and I think part of what, you know, we might have goofed up on doing is that we weren't just guiding you through as if you were watching it for the first time, you know, because we already mm-hmm. had our ideas figured out and we were, yeah. so we were interjecting those and that might have been. A mess, yeah, but it might have been a bit. But anyway, much. anyway, that's you know what that's what happened. Honestly, <laughs> if you're not new, you know that we are a bit of a hot mess. So <laughs> it's, it's par for the course. It's what really. happens. I mean, it's yeah. kind of it's part of our charm, right? Yeah, yeah. I, that's I part of our charm. It's all my charm. <laughs> Take away the hot mess portion. I'm just a dud. <laughs> so yeah, so we hope it was entertaining enough. Um, but yeah. that's that's so that's that. We'll. I'll, I tried to, I probably didn't succeed, but I tried to do it a little bit more, um, a little bit more coherent this time, but we'll see, we'll see. And also um, for the next three, because we only did episode one last time, um, for the next three episodes, I want to do a little more high level so that we can just Mm -hmm. zoom right through them. Zoom through it. Zoom through because, Um, yeah. 
So we bit off a little bit more than we could chew <laughs> with this. But at the same time, we want to give the case the the time it deserves and the victims the time that they deserve. And exactly. so that's why it's taking a little bit longer. But it's a very, very complex yes. case. And yes. so it really is. You know, it's 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 it just we just want to give it the we want to give the victims the the time they deserve. So yeah. We are getting back to our dead files recap soon, very soon, because, like you know, we miss Steve, we miss Amy, we miss Matt, we miss the sketches, we miss digging through the archives. <laughs> yep. What, uh, what's new with you? I don't think I've got that much new. I do want to explain a little bit about what we're doing with the promo partner this week. I'm working with the host of our podcast called Red mm-hmm. Circle. Mm-hmm. And Red Circle hosts, of course, other shows as well. And if you would like to do a cross promotion with another show, you just reach out to the show and you say, hey, I think we'd be a good match. And then they will respond if they're interested. And then you upload each other's, you upload your your trailer, they upload mm-hmm. their trailer, and then Red Circle knows to put them, to insert oh, them sure. into yep. our show. So. We have a new partner mm-hmm. in a podcast called Hello Poland. Mm. And this is a true crime paranormal oh, podcast. God. It's a woman who Sign me up. I know. This woman has an amazing voice. She is South African, but she mm-hmm. lives in Poland. And so she's doing uh-huh. things. I guess they're I guess most of her stories are Polish, but um, so you're going to hear her podcast, depending on when you listen. If you listen to this Mm -hmm. right when it comes out, you'll hear it this time. If -hmm. you listen to this episode a year from now, you probably won't hear it. It'll be a different Mm -hmm. podcast putting it in there. But I just wanted to let you guys know that's what uh, that's what we're doing with that. Fun fact, I've been to Poland. You have? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was it like? Well, it was terrifying. And keep in mind, this was 15 years ago. So I went... I was meeting my friends, um, so this was when I was studying abroad, and thank God that my mom is listening to this after the fact, because if she had known oh, no. about this, she would have <laughs> shit her pants. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> sorry, mom. So the plan was, um, I was in Germany visiting a friend, and we were going to meet up in Berlin in one of the train stations, in a train station, and then all travel to Poland together. So my friend was doing a report on Auschwitz and Birkenau, so we were going to meet up um, at the train station in Berlin, go to Poland, and it was going to be great. Fun fact, there is more than one train station in Berlin. Oh, Go figure. Sure, sure. Right? Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. We did not know that. And so I'm, and at this, like, we didn't have cell phones, you know, it was 2007 and we were in France. Like, it's not like today, kids, where you can just bring <laughs> your phone with you and just call boop, 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 AT&T. Yeah. Hi, yes, we're going abroad. No, you couldn't do that. Yeah. And we're trying to find internet cafes to email each other back and forth. Like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? So then I'm like, okay, well, I'll just catch the last train from Berlin to Poland, which was a night train. It was an overnight train. And I bought it and then I got to Warsaw. So I went from Berlin to Warsaw and then from Warsaw to Krakow. And I get to Warsaw and I'm checking my email, like, you know, to let her know when I get there. And she goes, and I missed this email. She said, don't take an overnight train. Oh, no. 
And I did. And I was in this layover in Warsaw and the, the train station, this was at like three in the morning. Oh, no. And little me and my bright fucking red, little red riding hood peacoat, like <laughs> stood out like a sore thumb. And when they, when I got on the train from Warsaw to Krakow, they had guys with guns coming <gasps> around, like checking your, your passports. And Holy I'm like, shit. shit, I'm 21 years old. At this time, I am not the world traveler that I right. am today. Right. And I'm like shitting my pants. Oh my god. I'm in this little cafe in in these tunnels in 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 the train station in Warsaw. I'm fu- freaked up. I'm terrified. Thousand percent convinced I was gonna be murdered. Like yeah. this is where I end. Oh my god, it was the scare. It was probably the scariest experience of my life. Oh my god. But Poland itself, like Krakow, was beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Cool. I've so heard that's it's my nice. that's my that's my Poland story. Nothing against Poland. Right. It was and I'm sure being 21 and you know, the first time out of the country, I was blowing yeah. it up with I mean, I'm sure if I went today, I'd be totally fine. Yeah. But when Still, you're 21 years old. Traveling by yourself, I don't think I would <gasps> See, that's fine. Be comfortable like, traveling doing by that. myself, I was, you know, I did it quite a bit over mm. overseas. You know, I'd okay. meet up with people, but mm, no. I'm not that brave. And I'm much older than you. And much older <laughs> than you were at that time. Um, yeah. Oh. Uh you're probably I'm probably as old as you were when I was there. So my age right now is probably the age that you were oh, when right, right. I Got was it. there. Yeah. So fun uh, fact. Fun fact. So that's how I derailed this entire episode. Oh, so no, that's fine. So getting back to um, the show. <laughs> that's fine. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time doing this because I know we have a lot to get to, but I have two yeah. TV recommendations for you. Tell me. And for everybody else. One is called The Devil's Hour. Okay. It is on Amazon Prime. Sounds terrifying. It's not, I wouldn't say it's terrifying. It's really weird and really cool. Is it fiction or nonfiction? It's fiction. Okay. And it is about a woman who, well, the premise is that she wakes up every night morning at 3.33 mm-hmm. from a dream mm-hmm. that then often is actually something that's going to happen in the future. Really? But it doesn't always happen. Okay. And so sometimes... The thing doesn't happen, but she still sees it as though it happened. It's very hard to explain. Yeah, Interesting. And it jumps back and forth between the end of the story and then we retell the beginning of the story. And so it it's confusing in that way. But then it mm-hmm. also has to do with different, um, I don't want to say different universes, but different timelines sure. and different, different possibilities. Mm-hmm. Like if this happened, then... Oh, things would be going on, and yeah. she can flash back and forth from at one time to another, and so she mm-hmm. sees it all. Well, not all, but she sees a lot of it. It's very, it's, it's, it's fascinating. As soon as we finished it, we're like, "Well, we're going to be watching that one over again." Yeah, yeah. But, but it was really, really good. Okay, good. The lead man in it is Peter Capaldi, who played Doctor Who for a time, a couple years okay. ago. Oh, from Twilight. And did it wasn't no that's Peter Fontanelli was in Twilight never oh, mind okay yeah Peter Capaldi he's uh, he was nice. Doctor Who for a while nice he's been in a lot of things on okay. too I didn't know him until he was in Doctor Who but 
Um, I know he's mm-hmm. been in a ton of things. Anyway, and then the second one I just watched today is um, The House of Hammer, which is all about Army Hammer, and that yes. is on Discovery Plus. Did you see yes. it? Yes, I've I've started watching it because my friend Patrick was telling me about it, and I started watching it, and it is fucked up. I cannot believe that family is not all doing time. I know. I am. From, I I don't blown know. Away. I I think I started like episode two. Yeah, it was bananaramas. Like yeah. every from like the grandfather down. It was oh my just God. fucking terrible yeah. people. Yeah. And and I, I kept they were saying things like uh they were you know, they were communists and mm-hmm. and uh and it it started making me think like, you know, how people today think that if you're not conservative that you're a communist and you're a socialist and all that. And and then mm-hmm. when Army Hammer was talking about, you know, how he wanted to eat people and stuff. And I'm like, is that yeah. where is that where the QAnon people got the whole thing about how all people in Hollywood and the Democrats are all eating babies? Is that where they got that? Did it come from that family? I mean, maybe. It, I mean, and then there's something else happened, too. And I'm like, oh, my God, they could have gotten that from them, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't yeah, know. That was a trip. <laughs> Who knows where the QAnon people get anything that they I think? Know, like they just, oh my god! I think what they do is they put different ideas on different boards, <laughs> like a verb here, a noun here, an adjective here, and they throw darts and whatever yep. sticks they make an idea out of. Yep, yep. It, it's about it's about like, as sensical as it as it is. Okay, Obama. What's the verb? What's the verb? <laughs> eating. Okay, what's the noun? What's he eating? What's he? It's like a. It's like an episode of Mad Libs. Right. No ideas. <laughs> oh God, There's I know. People in a room. Okay, I need an adjective. Uh, thumb. No, that's a noun. <laughs> well, the that could be an is. adjective too. I mean, no, it could be a verb. No, it could be a verb. He's thumbing his way. Thumb on my way. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> enough English for today. Um, anyway, the House so of Ham- yeah, I did, House of Hammer. I, yeah, that one was good. What there's only I three watch? episodes, so um, there's <sighs> uh, you only got one more to go. But yeah, it's a trip. I, yeah, oh, it's my god. Uh, I don't know what I'm watching right now. Let me think. Lots of Hallmark movies while I craft. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know those are always edge of your sheet. You never know what's going to happen. You never know. So will they just, or won't they? Will they fall in love in a coffee shop or will it be in a field or will it be in a bookstore? You don't yeah. know. You never know. So You never know. Guy's the limit. I know. I just downloaded the Hallmark app yesterday because, you know, I spent all October watching something scary every day. Yeah. And so then I spend all November and let's be honest, all November and all December mm-hmm. watching Hallmark movies. Well, and you I let have me know app. if you want recommendations because okay. I... um took snapshots and um, sent them to my friend Roxanne because she was like, my husband's hunting this weekend and I need, uh, um, I need recommendations. And so I put like three hearts <laughs> if I really liked it or like a sad oh. face if I didn't. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, last year I was rating them by like how many hot chocolates, you know, that's how, that was my rating system was like, cause they were always drinking right. hot chocolate. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is worth three hot chocolates. And this okay, one. That's adorable. Yeah. That's really cute. That's yeah. how I rated them. Yeah. And then like, if they were at a craft thing or they mm-hmm. were going to do some craft together, they got extra points for that. If they yeah. were ice skating, they got extra points for that. So, yeah. So yeah. everyone got an extra point. Yeah. <laughs> Most of um, them, yeah. If they fell in love for some sort of competition, like an ice sculpture competition yeah. or a baking Ooh, competition. Yeah. 
yeah. you know, extra points for that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there is an actual ice sculpture one where I they, where they, um, I don't know if they're working together to, to do the ice sculpture or they're fighting, but there's an ice I'm sure sculpture. it starts off one way and ends another way and then yeah. goes back to the other way. And it's always like some woman coming back to town to help her family's farm. And she runs into her old high school flame who's yep. widowed with a daughter, yep. eight to 10 year old daughter. Yep. And, you know, she really connects. With, oh, my God. It's like the same. Like, it's like just copy paste a story to well, another. Talk about like putting stuff on a wall and just throwing a dart yeah. at it. It's like, so is the main person that, you know, our main hero is that the girl or is that the guy? Okay. Yeah. Now, then we go, when is, which one yep. are they going to meet? Now, and what then... corporate job do they have? Yeah. Lawyer, finance, whatever. Yeah. Yep. And then why are they returning home? Is it to help their family business or help their ailing father? Yeah. And then who do they run into? <laughs> but why do I love them so much? I know I do too, because it's easy. <laughs> it's comfortable. And it's it, just so, it's just, it just gives you warm fuzzy. Yeah. I feel like I need something like that to get into the Christmas spirit. Otherwise, yeah. I don't. I'm, I don't. But if I watch those, I do. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to wear a Santa sweater and drink hot yeah. chocolate and make crafts. You know. I will say there was one. Ep- there was one movie. I don't even remember what it was, but they had glued um, just like cotton balls to her f- boots to make it look like snow was stuck <laughs> on her boots. But it was so obvious cotton balls. Oh my god! Like it did not move when she took <laughs> steps, and I'm like, Hallmark. <laughs> You're better than this. <laughs> You're better. <laughs> oh my god, that's so, hilarious. Yeah, I yeah. have seen somewhere they're like, "Oh, that's a skating rink, is it?" <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like, sure, it's like Jan. Plastic shit down on a. Oh on a my god, I know. Floor. And it's like you're not skating; you're rollerblading. <laughs> we all know. Oh, okay. Anyway, I know. enough. We love we, oh my god, I'm just derailing us left and right today. That's okay. That's okay. We'll try and get through this episode quickly. Yeah, we will. Um, so this is episode two, and it's called mm-hmm. Deal with the Devil. And so um just going to jump right in, right? Yep. We're jump, con- jumping right warning, in. same as everything else. Yeah. yeah literally everything. 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 everything you can think of that's icky. It's in it's this. It's in this show. Yeah. And so, we are going to try not to cover all of that. Yes. We're just going to... Just the facts. And even if it's brought up, we're not going to dive into it. We just mention it and skate past it. (laughs) (laughs) On our our fake roller rink. It all circles back to Hallmark. (laughs) It always does. It always does. Six degrees of Hallmark. (laughs) (laughs) So episode three is mostly about Robin, right? Uh, This is episode two. I thought we were doing episode three. No, we have to do two before we can do three. Oh, you just said three. I did. Oh, you said two. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is episode two, Deal with the Devil. Yes. Yeah. yes. And Jesus. you want and and you want me to, like, talk it and yeah. you interject. Okay. Yep. You talk it. Me I'll talk it. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you to talk it, too, but I'll say the words I wrote, and then you can. I think just... <laughs> I've talked enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. After a short recap of what we saw in episode one, we learn about how on April 29th, 1980, Carl Drew was picked up for a parole violation for what they said was whereabouts unknown, which we all know is bullshit. Because if you remember in the last episode, Detective Sylvia even said Mm -hmm. that he saw Carl on the street every day. And where else would Carl be? You know, that's where he was. So uh, we hear Carl Drew right. as a voice. That's over. where his business is. So he's going to be out there. Where else would he be? So we hear Carl Drew say, quote, that's something I've been scared of, going to prison for life for something I didn't do. 
Mm-hmm. And as we talked about last time, the first episode was all these people were murdered by Carl Drew, who called himself Satan, blah, 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 blah. And then we get to the mm-hmm. end of that episode. And it turns out nothing you knew is what you thought you knew. Yeah. And we learned that it is a possibility that he has been railroaded and that he has been framed and uh, did not kill any of those people. So um, he said he figured that there was no way they'd find him guilty since there was no evidence. Right. There was no evidence to place him. There was, yeah, there was no evidence, Mm-mm. no hard evidence. Mm-mm. linking him to these murders right. it was circumstantial at best yeah not only oh, i'm sorry we'll get into it okay no i don't even think there was circumstantial but um he was originally going to be tried for both karen marston and doreen levesque's murders but the doreen case was so weak that they only charged him with karen's mm-hmm. however they used the doreen case as motive for the karen murder yep so basically they were like saying well, we're not going to try and convict him on the Doreen murder, but y'all know he did it, right? Right. So therefore, that's why he killed Karen. And the reason he killed Karen was because she witnessed the Doreen murder that he right. committed. Right. So the only reason he killed Karen was because she was a witness and he had to kill all the witnesses because, of course, he killed Doreen. Right. So like if they, if somebody could have proved that he didn't kill Doreen, everything's out. Of, everything's they have out. no case. They have, they no, have case. no case. Yeah. Right. Because right. there is no case. I mean, there's a case, but not for him. Yeah. So we made his post-conviction attorney, Michael Cutler, and he talks mm-hmm. about something called the prior bad acts doctrine, which allows evidence of prior bad acts to come into evidence if it shows motive or a consistent course of conduct. So I feel like that's almost like a character. Yeah. Not a witness, but like a, an evidence of character. Like, yeah. see, he's done these bad things things before it's not that far of a stretch for him which i get like it but it isn't fair if Mm -hmm. you still have to have evidence that the person on trial did the thing you're saying they did which they didn't have exactly it's not evidence it's 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 a, a a way to show like you said what kind of person they are but it's not evidence that he committed a crime right exactly yeah. Just because you're a bad person, quote unquote, doesn't mean you're going to murder. Right. So May 2nd, 1981, the trial begins. Carl Drew versus the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And we are uh, we hear his attorney. This is not his attorney at the trial, because remember, mm-hmm. his attorney at the trial, he had never tried a murder case before, never tried another one after. Mm-hmm. Um, he was great. Yeah. And... So the but the Cutler is the his post conviction attorney. So he's the guy that is being interviewed for the show, and he says there were many in instances that proved that Carl was at his stepmother's wedding at the time of Doreen's murder. And I know we talked about last time. I wasn't sure if it was Doreen's murder or Karen's murder that he was at the wedding for, but mm-hmm. I I went back and read some stuff and double checked, and it was Doreen's murder. So he was at his stepmother's wedding at the time of Doreen's murder. Right. He there also had a picture an, yes, of him there. Pictures of him at the wedding all night. Mm-hmm. Um, he did also have an alibi for Karen's murder as well. He was seen in a few bars in town mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and working with his girls. And um, they used these women 
that had seen him in the bars that night, they used them as uh, witnesses in the trial, but they were discredited. And this was mostly because his lawyer was such a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. So did he have that lawyer just because it was like granted to him? Probably because, you know, it's not like he can go out and get a lawyer. Right. It's not like he's rolling in the dough. Right. Right. So I'm sure that was his court appointed lawyer. Mm -hmm. I guess I I don't know if we're 100% sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure. I would assume. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah. So Carl notes that he wasn't able to read or write at that time any more than his name. And so all the documents that came across the table, everything that he saw, everything they tried to explain to him, he didn't understand Mm -hmm. most of Mm -hmm. what was going on. So he kept thinking, this is no big deal. I didn't do anything. So I'm certainly not going to go to jail for this. Mm -hmm. And he was very wrong. Yeah. So uh, the prosecution said that there were four people at Karen's murder. Carl Drew, Robin Murphy, Carol Fletcher, and Carl Davis. And then there was also a Willie Smith. Um, mm-hmm. And Carl says he knew he knew Willie Smith. He was an asshole and a junkie, but he didn't hang out with him. But he'd never even met Carl Davis. And Carol is the one who said Willie Smith was there, correct? I believe so. Yeah, I think Carol's I think the one so. who named Carl Davis and Willie Smith as being in the car right. because Carol's the one who turned state's evidence yep. and basically threw everybody under the bus and was like, yep, Robin slit her throat. Carl Drew was yeah. there. Carl Davis was there. Willie was there. Yeah. I was the driver, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And just to be clear, we all know, first of all, it didn't happen that way. Secondly, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's not the one that said, oh, I'm just going to throw everybody under the bus. Yeah. She was told to say that. Yeah. Which we find out later. Yeah. But anyway, Carl Davis and Willie Smith were charged with Karen's murder, but the charges were dropped and the case was never reopened. And they kind of mentioned it in the show, but not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did have an I did find it in our article, which I will link to in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And I had made a note that uh, you know, that you and I have both said it's almost like they had a murder and they just wanted to see how many street people they could gather up to go down for this. Like, how Plus, many people fit in that fucking car? Is there anybody Plus, else that you didn't like you could have Carol say that was right. in that car? Plus, it was, I believe they said in the show an election year, and the prosecutor yep. had not had many success stories lately. It was with, the uh, DA. The, the DA, DA was up for election, DA. and yeah. there were a lot of unsolved cases. Yes. And so, you know, he wanted a conviction mm-hmm. to get reelected. Yep. Yep. So uh, we meet... Former court reporter, I can't remember her first name, but her last name was Charglis. I believe Margaret. Margaret? Margot? Something like that. Margot, yeah. Margot? It was was an M word name. And she tells us about how when it was Robin's turn to testify, how they really dolled her all up. They made her look, you know, like an innocent little girl. They put her in a button-down shirt, sweater, a little gold Mm -hmm. cross around her neck. She's supposed to be a Satanist, right? Little gold cross around her neck. Right. And this woman said mm-hmm. she looked like butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I'd never heard that phrase. Had you heard that phrase before? Yeah. You had? Uh, no. Oh, Mm-mm. yeah. So I looked it up <laughs> and it said, <laughs> I found that uh, it was from a proverb in 1546, the year 1546. <laughs> this metaphoric expression alleges that one is literally so cool that butter inside their mouth would not melt. And I'm like, okay, so... She's from the 1500s. Like, <laughs> I, or she knows her proverbs. 
Well, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Surprise me. Yeah. So anyway, Robin was given a deal that she would get second degree murder in the Marston case for testifying against Carl Drew. In Massachusetts, with a second degree conviction, there is a possibility of parole. And then we see a grainy tape of uh, Robin Murphy's parole hearing in 2004. And this is where she said that she lied at this trial. She said, I pled guilty on the advice of counsel, and I gave elaborate testimony to the effect that I was present at her murder. And Mm -hmm. we're going to skip the details of the quote unquote elaborate testimony because it involves some really hideous stuff. Yes. Yep. Gross. You you can watch the show. Watch the show. We're not talking about it. Not talking about it. Not good. No. So. Next, Carol Fletcher testifies. She tells a similar story, but there is no cross-examination by Carl's lawyer. So he's just like, no, that's great. Yep, we'll just go with that. Yeah. So next we have to talk about the ring, Mm -hmm. which I think we may have mentioned before. No, no, not that ring. Not that (laughs) ring, no. So Karen, the Marston, the murder victim, she had a ring, and a woman named Leah Johnson ended up with the ring. Leah Johnson was Carl Drew's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. She said in testimony Mm -hmm. that she met up with Carl in a bar that evening and he was playing with the ring and he gave it to her. She testified to this. Karen's mother confirmed that it was Karen's ring. And then there's a little bit more to this later in the Mm -hmm. episode. So the authorities had found some satanic stuff in the woods and had attributed it to Karen's murder just to add color. There's no evidence that Mm-mm. they were connected at all. Mm-mm. They just Mm-mm. found stuff in the woods. They happened to find, you know, parts of Karen, what was left of Karen in the mm-hmm. woods. Mm-hmm. Obviously, those two things are connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though there's nothing linking them. Right. Except yeah. the fact that they were in the same woods. Right. It's a big forest. That's a yeah, big, yeah. the Freetown State Forest, pretty damn big. And I so. wonder how far, and maybe I missed it, but how far they were, they found from Karen, this stuff. Who knows? I don't know if they said it, but. I don't think they said it was there and that's mm-hmm. how they put it together. Yeah. There's definitely some evidence of some satanic shit happening right. in that forest, but right. we just don't believe it has anything to do with no. these murders. They're not connected at all. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't either. Yeah. So this is where we meet Seth Andrews. This is our podcast. We get to say whatever we want. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) So uh, this is where we meet Seth Andrews. He's listed as a podcaster. I looked him up a little bit. He's got, he's interesting. I'll put some links in the show notes about him, but he talks about satanic panic, which we don't want to get into as much as he did, but just for a little brief, brief thing here in about 1980 to 1995, there was what he called a moral panic, a way for the United States to appear morally superior over our enemy, which was the Russians, was to align ourselves with God and say, Mm -hmm. we are Christians and they, the Russians, are Satanists or Satanic. Mm -hmm. And this is where he says, all it takes is one spark and you've got a panic. All it takes is one somebody saying the word Satan Mm -hmm. and Mm-hmm. Look at the West Memphis Three. Mm-hmm. I mean, a perfect example. Yeah. Oh my God, that's a. St- oh, that was one of my first true crime stories that really mm-hmm. got me obsessed with true crime. That's my friend Jenna's favorite. Yeah, it's favorite. It's fascinating, fascinating it's, story. Uh, yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah, that's okay. a whole other episode. Oh, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast. Yeah. 
So um, I, we're leaving a bunch of stuff out, but just one of the things I thought was funny and not funny, I guess, weird, is that uh, they were saying that Rainbow Bright is satanic. She has a pentagon on her face and the rainbow represents the new world order. Right. Right. Yeah. So then um, we see, we talked to Alvin, or sorry, we talked to Alan Alves. He's the cop who worked adjacent to this case. And he was interviewed about it for the Bridgewater Triangle movie mm-hmm. that we talked about a little bit. He said that Satanism. He was the Satan expert. Yes. Yes. Right. He's the Satan. Yeah. So he was, um, he was suppressed by the government because, or he, no, sorry. He says that Satanism was suppressed by the government because there were a lot of people in the government who are involved. And he says he doesn't want to sound like a, I'm going to quote him. He doesn't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but that's what's happening. He said it so weird. Even the yeah. closed captions spelled it out the way he said it. Conspiracy theorist. When you're saying you don't want to sound like something, you're going to sound like that, whatever it is. Even if you say it wrong. I don't want to sound racist, but I don't want to sound oh, exactly. like conspiracy theorist, but exactly. I don't want to sound stupid, but. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and it's just that this whole, uh, okay. So then we go back to Seth, who explains that this is what's happening right now with, you know, talking about how the Democrats eat babies and shit and. This is this is this QAnon is basically mm-hmm. the new satanic panic. We just don't call it Satan. We call it Democrats eating babies or whatever. Um, so Carl Drew says he's never been religious. His religion was women. <laughs> so March 13th, 1981, the verdict is read. Carl Drew is found guilty of first degree murder. Mm-hmm. That is a sentence of life in prison. No chance of parole. Yep. Yep. So one thing I think is really important that we need to talk about is Paul Carey, mm-hmm. because if there is a hero to the story, it is him. Yeah. Paul Carey is a retired police sergeant who was friends with Chris Hayes, who is the guy that talked about drinking chicken soup. He's the yep, private He's investigator. PI. Yep. And He's the guy that said going to jail is like a high school reunion. Yep. 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 He is his father. Chris Hayes' father was friends with Paul Carey. Okay. And um, Paul Carey investigated these murders along with detective Silva. Mm-hmm. When Paul retired, he brought all the files over to Chris Hayes and said, take a look at these. I think something's fucked up. We need to look at this. I need your help. Mm-hmm. And he said he did not believe that Carl committed the murder and he wanted it out in the open. He said he knew it was suppressed. Mm-hmm. And Paul mm-hmm. then with Chris spent six years tracking down people who were involved. So the first one they interviewed is Leah Chase, and um, she is the one with the ring. The ring. Yep. The one. Yep. Yep. Leah tells them the whole ring story was bullshit. Yep. She was fed that story by the DA, Ronald Pena. And who, was, again, remembers the one who is up for re-election yep. and had not had a lot of success. Yep. Yep. He needed it. He needed to put away mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people so that he could get elected. Yep. Sounds kind of familiar. Yep. So um, they found Carol Fletcher mm-hmm. and they speak to her. And we we hear in the show, we hear um, we hear them, uh, an audio of them speaking mm-hmm. to Leah and her telling that this was all bullshit. Mm-hmm. So then they find Carol Fletcher. We also hear an audio of that. They explain that when they found her in 2003, uh, she was very fragile and on tons of medication. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But she tells him she didn't really even know Carl and that she has no reason to lie now, uh, but that he was not present at the Marsden Mm -hmm. murder and that her trial testimony was false. Yeah. So it's all coming out now. Yeah. So if she knows Carl wasn't at the murder, that means she had to have been there, right? Yep. So here's what happened according to her. She says she was driving around that night. Remember the night that Karen had been speaking to the police and then they wanted to put her in protective custody and she decided she wanted to go speak to a priest instead. So they dropped her off at at a, a church. Yep, to and, talk to the priest. Yep, and then they because she didn't want to go into protective custody. Right. So then they right. scooted, and then they never saw her again. So she, Carol says that she was driving around that night, and she ran into Karen. Karen got in the car. Uh, they just drove around talking, got some beer and some cigarettes. Karen admitted at that time that she was at the Doreen murder, but didn't say who else was mm-hmm. there or who was responsible. But she told Carol that if anything happened to her, to make sure that her son was okay. Yeah. So then a car pulled up next to them and asked how much to Karen for mm-hmm. services. Karen said $35. Mm-hmm. She got out, got in the car. Carol drove off and went to that apartment building where a bunch of them all hung out. It's called uh, Harbor Terrace. Yep. That's where Sonny lives. Yep. Sonny lives. And uh, I think Carl Davis lived there too. Yep. And I think Willie did too. He might have. Yeah. Bunch of them lived there. Yeah. And if they didn't mm-hmm. live there, they hung out they there. They hung out there all the time. Yeah. Probably with the cops. Yes, because the cops hung out there all the time, too. So she thought that Karen would go there looking for Robin. So she got there. She found Karen and Robin fighting outside. Mm-hmm. Karen was coerced to the rooftop of the apartment. So she says the killing was not in the woods. It right. was on the roof of the apartment. She said Robin pulled out a knife and grabbed Karen by the hair. And then Carol left. So mm-hmm. she's not sure if she killed her or just or hurt her. her. Mm. But Carl Drew was not there. I think we can pretty much know that Yeah, she wasn't just going to hurt her. Right. Well, especially because of the uh, what we the next episode. The, yeah. There's there's new evidence, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. New people. New new stuff. Get some, make sure you get a lot of note cards. Cause yeah. Yeah. I got all my note cards right here. Um, yeah. So, but just remember that Carol said that. Karen's murder happened on the roof. On the roof. Of Harbor Terrace. Because yep. that is important. And Carl was not and there. And Carl was not there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Carl says, well, Robin manipulated all of them. The police, the DA, everyone. And Sylvia, Detective Sylvia, mm-hmm. he even agrees that she was the mm-hmm. mastermind of the whole thing. So now we go back to Robin's 2004 yeah. parole. I remember here. Detective Thomas from last time said that she was smarter than all of them. Yep. So back to Robin's 2004 parole hearing and it, she, where she admitted that she lied and uh, but said that she didn't kill anyone. Mm-hmm. She was asked why she would implicate herself. And she said, well, it makes it believable. But she says that now she's rehabilitated. She's just a liar. <laughs> so everything out of her mouth is a lie. Mm-hmm. So they bought it and she mm-hmm. was paroled, but not for long. Mm-hmm. In 2011, she was caught in a relationship with another felon, which violated her parole. So she went back to prison, and she Mm -hmm. is still in prison to this day. Her most recent parole hearing was denied just a few weeks ago in October of this year. Yeah. She was up for parole in March, but yeah, it took that long for them to... It took that long for them to deny it. And I looked it up, and it was like 
two weeks ago, maybe yeah. three weeks ago that she was denied. It wasn't yeah. long. No. And remember, um, remember Trish DeSoto, who in the mm-hmm. in documentary, she's talking about, she's like, I knew all yep. these girls. Oh, Robin yep. was hot shit. You know, I was yep. friends with her, blah, 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 blah. She turned, oh boy. she changed her tune real quick. Sure. She sure did. Um, in the she, parole documents that I was reading, yep. she was like, do not let her out. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. not a friend. So everybody in the story lies. <laughs> Every, even the people who aren't even like, you know, on trial for anything are right. lying. Right. So whatever. Right. Well, there's, there is somebody that I think we're going to talk about a little bit that I think is probably uh, telling the truth um, because she has no reason to lie, but we'll get there. Well, neither did Trish, but here we are. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So, anyway, uh, Detective Silva said that Carl could have testified against Robin too, but he was not given the same offer. So, if they thought both of them were there and killing Karen, why didn't you know? Mm-hmm. Why did we decide to railroad Carl? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, at another parole meeting in 2012, Robin said that her biggest regret is that the real story will never come out because of what she said originally. And it's become the story now and nobody will know what really happened. And I'm like, that's because you won't tell anybody mm-hmm. what really happened because you were involved and uh, more than involved. So um, we go back to detective. Or- if you did tell what really ha- happened, nobody would believe you because you're a liar. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's true. So um, Hayes, the PI, he said he didn't think it made sense to talk to Robin for the show because she's just going to lie. But guess what? Spoiler Mm -hmm. alert. So as we near the end of this episode, we see that the filmmakers are going to meet with Robin. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited. I was really excited too. Oh my God. Yep. And in the next, they, in the what's next part, she starts Mm -hmm. doing that thing that all narcissists do. She flatters the filmmakers by saying, this is a quote. I like how, you know, a lot of pieces and it seems like no one else ever put any of that together. I find that really amazing. Mm-hmm. So not only she's trying to butter them up, but she's also sort of saying anything you're about to spill had better be in my favor. <laughs> yeah. And then she also says, I'm not going to lie anymore. Bullshit. Everything she says is a lie. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. At this point, you know, and like I said, I feel really bad for her. I, do, I, I really do. She was, she didn't she, have a chance. No, she was fucked honestly, from the get go. She literally was. And, and metaphorically. We'll get to it. Um, she, like I've texted Amy, she kind of reminds me a little bit of Eileen Warnos yeah. in the fact that she was just, it was almost the exact same path that Eileen had, yep. that Robin had. Yep. You know, it, it, it's just the fact that Eileen took a more um, front, like she was more involved in the murders. She yep. was the only one committing the murder. Whereas Robin, um, you know, was just a bystander. Right. It was very similar. And yeah, like they, she didn't have a chance. The yeah. people who were supposed to protect her failed her. Right. And that makes me so like my heart breaks for her. I know. Me it, too. It does. Yeah. It, child, little girl, Robin. I know. She didn't have. I know. What else did she have? Yeah. She was failed. Yeah. The, if you're a parent, your job, your one job <laughs> is to protect your child. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Everything else, yeah, gravy. Yeah, they didn't do it. No, they didn't. They they just failed her time and time and time and time again. Yeah. And then she even tried to get help, like from school and from 
you know, authorities. She and tried. Nobody would listen. Nobody to her. believed her. Mm-hmm. Whatever my child says to me, I'm gonna believe. Yeah. Yeah. You. It that, just like it just it literally like I'm fighting tears right yeah, now because it's hard. What she didn't she didn't have a chance. Yeah. Her family, her brothers, her mom, her dad. They yeah. were the ones hurting her. Yeah. Yeah. They were the ones fucking her up. Yeah. And then she goes to the street, to her street family. They did the same, same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how she is in prison. I wonder if she's like. I do too. I'm Because I, I wonder if like she's running that place or mm-hmm. my guess is she probably is running that place because she's oh, I'm very sure she smart. Is. She is, and she doesn't take shit, and yeah. and she's gonna she's gonna do whatever she can to get Robin on top. Yeah, yeah, she's she has to. to. Yeah, who's gonna fight for her? Nobody. Right. She learned that at age eleven. Yeah, yeah, she sure did. So she's had what forty years? Yeah. of having to fight for herself. She's not gonna yeah. stop in prison. No, no. Anyway, sorry, yeah. I didn't. She's mean to fascinating. Take us on another tangent. No, that's but. okay. Hey everyone, we want to welcome our new sponsor, Gobble. As you know, life can get pretty hectic. Between work, errands, and family time, who always has the energy to plan, shop for, and cook delicious meals every night? That's where Gobble comes in. It's a meal kit service that takes the stress and guesswork out of dinner. I used to dread the what's for dinner question every night. Gobble has been a game changer. They deliver fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-follow recipe cards right to your door. Exactly. No more last-minute grocery runs or scrambling for inspiration. Plus, the recipes are incredibly diverse. From healthy options to comfort food classics, there's something for everyone. And let's not forget that cooking together can be a fun family activity. Gobble's recipes are simple enough to involve everyone in the kitchen, even the little ones. So if you're looking for a way to make delicious, stress-free meals that the whole family will love, head over to the link in the show notes or on our website to get your first six meals for $36. Make dinner amazing. We want to give a shout out to our newest affiliate partner, Just Brands. This is the company that makes the CBD and THC gummies that I have been talking about. I have purchased both the Delta 8 and the Delta 10 versions, and they're really nice. They're actually really tasty too, but I wouldn't recommend just eating a ton of them at once. I did buy them to help me sleep. And well, let's just say that one night I took one and when I went to bed, I felt myself melting into my bed. It was lovely. For a limited time, you can get 20% off these treats when you go to justcbdstore.com or just follow the link in the show notes and then use our promo code activity24. This offer is good until March 27th, so get your gummies now. So this is episode three, Mark of the Beast, and we're going to Hopefully get through this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll try not to make it too long. So this is the episode. You're not the one making it long. I'm the one who's like, oh, speaking of which, I went to Poland and then a 30-minute tangent on my Warsaw trip. No, that's okay. I like that. <laughs> I like all that stuff. It's good. Yeah, this is – so episode three, I'm sorry. I know you're saying this. This is where we learn a lot, I think, about Robin, about mm-hmm. her childhood, mm-hmm. what happened to her. I, so this one is the first episode where I really started to feel bad for her. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. And we also learn about another victim that we've only really touched on a little bit. Her name was Barbara Raposa. Mm-hmm. And she was actually killed after Doreen, but before Karen, but her body wasn't found until months later. Mm-hmm. So we hear about that too. Yeah. Anyway, 
So uh, for the Robin interview, so she yep. came on, she refused to be on camera for the interview, but she did allow them to take a still photo. And I thought that was really weird. And I, I wondered if it, if she maybe has a tell, <gasps> like maybe she oh knows God, that she even blinks a certain way yeah. or she or does off or she, twitches mm-hmm. or she does tend to I, do something kind of funny when her, with her mouth when she's thinking about what to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that's like <gasps> where she's um, trying to build her lie. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I, don't I didn't know. even think that's probably it, though. Could I'm be. sure that's it. Because- but, but the last episode, she is interviewed on camera, on mm-hmm. video. And that's when I saw that. And I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's like a tell. That's probably why she... Yeah. Probably doesn't maybe, play poker in prison. I mean, she's a narcissist, so I'm sure she would have watched the episode about herself, mm-hmm. you know, where she's in it. And if she probably would have seen herself and been like, ooh, I can't do that. Yeah. 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 She probably did see the the um, the um trial footage, mm-hmm. you know, because that was probably yeah. on TV or whatever at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would be interested to see that, see yeah. if I could make any correlations. Anyway. You probably could. So we learned about her upbringing, which we had said was horrific. And uh, we did talk about this. We don't have to rehash yeah. it, but she was yep. abused in a million ways. Yep. Anyway, uh, pretty much you could be abused as a yeah. child. She was. Yeah. So, yep. so this is the part that, that was super sad to me. And this is the woman I do not think was lying. Um, mm-hmm. Her name was Catherine Hindle. And mm-hmm. she talks about uh, how her own family was pretty messed up. Yeah. And so Robin's mother allowed her to stay with them. And yeah. I was like, like, that was any better? I mean, right. she had a brother that was raping her. Why does she, yeah. you know? But yeah. anyway, Catherine says that there were no parents in the house at all. I'm sure dad mm-hmm. had moved off, right? He'd gotten yeah, married. Yeah, dad was gone. He left away. and got had a whole new family. Yeah. And Just then leave mom, the old one behind. Right. And then mom was um, working. She yeah. worked in a bar. She so, was a single mom with which means three she, kids, yeah. four kids. So, I mean, she was working when they were home mm-hmm. because she worked mm-hmm. in a bar. Yeah. So, yeah. So Robin tells about how uh, her parents were never home and she was on her own. She was basically the head of the household when she was 12. Yeah. Even though she wasn't the oldest. She wasn't, no. She was her the only girl. oldest brother was kind of a... Raping her. Well, yeah. Yeah, he was... I he was, was going to say he was kind of a piece of shit. But he was raping her, so he was. A piece he was of a shit. full-blown piece of shit. I mean, you know what though? I'm going to say allegedly because it's Robin who said that. So, train of salt. Anyway, yeah. So next we meet. She was gonna. I mean, she lied about. If she lied about murder, she'd probably yeah. lie about rape. She I mean, lie about everything. Who knows? Who, who, who knows? knows? Yeah, that's true. So next we meet uh, a woman named Colette Maltese. Now, mm-hmm. if that last name rings a bell, it should. Uh, she is Andre slash Andy Maltese's daughter, and she is a hoot. She is a hoot, but she to I, I don't know if this is self preservation, and I'm not saying anything against her because I probably would be the same way. She is so far in denial about yes. her father. Yep. That's her dad. Yep. I mean, I don't blame her. She says her dad was her best friend. I don't if if that's true. Yeah. Then then I don't blame her one bit yeah. for for not believing everything because Right. If the allegations are true, her dad is a pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. So So, yeah, she says she met Robin when Robin was about 12 and she knew that somehow Robin knew her dad, but she wasn't sure exactly how. Mm-hmm. We know 
Robin tells Mm us. One day, Andy gave her a ride home. She was 11. She said she was raped by Andy. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said, quote, I wasn't performing cult meetings in the Freetown State Forest. Andy was molesting me in the Freetown State Forest. And And the reason, yeah, the reason that he, we can believe this, in my opinion, is Mm -hmm. that he did the same thing to her friend, Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, um, I don't know if I kept this in here. I know it was in here and then I might have taken it out. But Andy was arrested and did time early on in the late 50s Mm -hmm. for taking girls from the junior high school and taking them to the forest. So, well, we might get to that again. But anyway, it he did do that. Yeah. So then we meet uh, Joe Macy, who was Andy's attorney. (sighs) It gives us a little background on Andy, says that Andy was an older guy. He was, I Mm -hmm. think, 42. But he lived with his mother. He was wimpy. His word. Yeah, his word. He dressed in cowboy boots, like a west and a western mm-hmm. shirt, and mm-hmm. a hat, and a big old belt buckle and stuff. And he said he would drive around looking for young girls, and he tended to groom them. Yep. And then we go to his daughter, and she said he liked younger women. I don't know what to tell you. That was his thing. And I'm like, uh, y- you mean children? Younger women is like you're 42 and you're dating a 25 year old. Yeah. Younger women is not your 42 and you're molesting an 11 year old. Right. That's, that's not the same. And Colette is a pack a day. If I've ever seen one. Oh my goodness. I know she's a walking, smoking cigarette. She's got the lips, the lip lines. She's got the voice. (laughs) Yep. I would bet money that she smells like a stale cigarette at all times. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yep. So now we're back to Catherine. She tells this very sad story about how Robin would try and find girls for Andy so that she wouldn't have to, quote, have a sexual relationship with him. So one day Andy offered Catherine a ride home. Robin told her that he'd be that she would be safe, but Mm -hmm. she wasn't. He Mm -hmm. raped her repeatedly, brought her to the forest. And we're not going to go into details, but um, he, he did tell her that if she said anything, he would kill her family. She went to the police and told them that he did this, and they didn't care. Nope. They're trying to solve murders. Who yep. cares about a girl getting raped? Yep. What um, was she wearing? Yeah. Why did she, she go was, with him in the first she place? She was 11, but, you know, she was asking for it. Yeah. Why did she go with him alone? Yeah. It was her fault. Yeah. Of course. I'm sure. I'm sure that's what they thought. I hate everybody. So they talked to this detective, uh, Joe. I Joaquin. wanted his last name to be pronounced Joaquin, but mm-hmm. Paul Carey pronounced it Joe Quim. And he worked with him. So I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. uh, He confirms this. They talk to him, this Detective Joe Queen or Joaquin. And he says, he confirms, he says uh, they didn't see Andy as a sex offender. They were more worried about the murders at the time. Yep. But the murders happened when these girls were 17, not when they were 11, when they were being raped. There were other murders. I don't know what he's talking about. Maybe there were other murders. They don't care. They didn't eat. Yeah, they think didn't. about it. We're 1970s mm-hmm. rape culture. Mm-hmm. It did not exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was victim blaming culture is what yeah. it was. Yeah. 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 They talked to one of the newspaper reporters and she said in the 70s and 80s, these cases were not pursued. And she no. thinks maybe it's because they thought it was OK or that it yeah. was consensual. Right. I've seen what, what show was I? I was watching a documentary and I was texting you about it. Be, maybe it was I'll be gone in the dark. And they were showing, oh, I think it was I'll Be Gone in the Dark. And they were showing these 
ads or or news stories about, you know, these women who are asking to be raped because they were out at night in the dark. Well, why would you stop and look in a window at the at night? Why would you do that? Weird. Why would you go out at night after dark? Why would you wear a dress after dark? Like yeah. it was so victim blaming. Yeah. There was no accountability for the men doing right. these crimes. Not, right. It was right. all the women. Yeah. Well, why would you go with him? Yeah. Oh, why were you drinking? Yeah. Sorry. I That's went right. on a tangent again. No, I'm it's sorry. okay. Oh, Catherine said that Annie gave her two puppies and they killed one of the puppies right in front of her and said, this will be your father if you tell. Yeah. 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 Mm, great. So. Uh, then we find out Robin got pregnant around 16 and she had a son. The father was one of her brother's lovers. Her, she was raped. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't want to speak anymore about it because she wants to respect the child's privacy, which is great. Yeah. Um, her one mother. She does something right. I know. Apparently her mother took the child, which I'm thinking was that the best place for that child to go. And she couldn't handle the four kids she already had. <laughs> so uh, it sounds like right after she had that baby, she moved out. And uh, moved in with Sunny Sparta, who we've mentioned before. She yep. lived in that Harbor Terrace. She's the place. one whose apartment the cops would hang out yep. at. Yep. And they had a relationship, a mm-hmm. sexual relationship. Yep. Um, Robin says she met Sunny at a bar. And she says she seemed nice. And she said that quickly changed. But at the right. beginning, she seemed nice. And they never spoke no, about that again. They never bring that up again. I was like, well, tell me what happened to Sunny. What, what? Again, grain of salt, though. Right. Exactly. So Robin says this is, you know, going to be Robin's night, uh, Robin's story of the night of Karen's murder. She said that she was going over to Sonny's house with the intent to cheat on Karen. Well, one thing that confused me is that she said she had said to us, whatever, in her Mm -hmm. interview, that she was living with Sonny at the time. So then it seemed weird that she would say I was going to go over to her house as opposed to I was going home, you know. So there, I don't know. Maybe it's a trip up, or that maybe didn't jive with me. She yeah. doesn't think of it as her home. Maybe, maybe it's just a place she's living. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Or maybe it's one of those where she doesn't think of it as her home, or yeah. you know, yeah, that's true. whatever. That could be, or she could just be lying, or or it's all made up. Yep, and the points don't matter, and the points don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> So we did touch on this earlier, but uh, Detective Silva Sylvia said that he and the other cops spent a lot of time in the apartment, and he says it was to get info. Robin says, "Yeah, they were there a lot. They had badges, but they certainly didn't act like police officers." Yep. Um, Which makes me think they were also doing the drugs with them and probably getting the services. Yep. And. Apparently, they it was perceived that they were getting a little too friendly, the cops. And mm-hmm. then they go to Sylvia and he says, well, we had the green light from the boss to bring these girls booze and pot and befriend them to get answers from them. So, yeah. I mean, it's all kind of fucked, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that's not the way you're supposed to do things, but no. whatever. But uh, it was the 70s. It was yeah. the 70s and 80s. I, it's probably still happening. I mean, I mean it's probably ugh. still happening. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Carl and uh, Robin and Carl both in separate interviews talk about how they first met and they hated each other right away. And mm-hmm. I think that's because they were pretty much the same person. They were the same person, <laughs> right? They were two alike. They were yeah. both alphas. Yeah, there can't be two of us here. One of us nope. has to go. One of us so, has to go. Yeah, they fought. He he uh, admits that he hit her. Yep. Um, Robin talks about how Carl brought Karen to Sonny's house once and. Uh, 
Robin admits that she did love Karen, but she kind of made it mm-hmm. sound like it was because she was 17. She's like, well, yeah, yeah. I was 17. I, I guess I loved her, you know, yeah. but I was only 17. And maybe it was her first girlfriend, you know, yeah. her first love after admitting who she was. Yeah. Could have been. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Robin retells a story that Karen told her, if you believe her, that mm. Carl took Karen to the Holiday Inn and strangled her until she passed out. Yep. And when she came to, he was standing over here dripping blood on her in an attempt to scare her and get her under his thumb. Is this a different story than the one she told before where they were, uh, oh, it's the same one. Same story. Where yeah. Where Carl they were... is like chanting in tongues. Yeah. In, okay. in a language she didn't understand. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we talked about that in our first okay, episode, yep. the, the first first, <laughs> the short, the shortened version of this whole thing. Um, yeah, yeah, where we just talked about the murder. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so that that was the same incident. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, uh, according to Robin, after that, he uh, took her car, Karen's car, away from her, and then got her hooked on drugs. And Robin was trying to help Karen. She took her to a mental health clinic to have someone take a look at her and get her some help. And they gave her Haldol and sent her on her way. Oh, mental health. So, um, and then I just had a note in here about Robin's lawyer. She, her her current lawyer, I believe it's her Mm -hmm. current lawyer. Um, And I don't, I forgot to write down her name, but I I didn't. Courtney Kenyon. Oh, thank you. Yep. Courtney Kenyon. Yep. Uh, She tells about how Robin's father let her down. Uh, how Andy abused her, abused yeah. her. That's putting it mildly. And then, um, and and then Carl did too. So she's basically saying kind of the same things we are about how, like, you know, Robin really didn't stand a chance, blah blah blah. And but I feel like her lawyer just sees her as a victim, and that she yeah. has no responsibility for. And there's anything. yeah, and there's no, re, you know, she had yeah. no part of in this, and any part she did have was not her fault because right. of her past. Right. It's like the opposite of the prior. Prior, conv- yeah, prior yeah. deeds or whatever that was. Prior, yeah, wrongs. like the opposite yeah. of that. Like yeah. she's exempt from these crimes because of what happened to because her. she had a bad childhood. Yeah, which yeah. I don't, I don't agree with either one of those things. But no. Anyway, uh, so Robin, Karen told Robin that Doreen. Ugh, there's too many people. <laughs> there's a lot of people. Karen told Robin there will be a quiz at the end. Of <laughs> so. And I probably will not pass. Um. <laughs> Karen told Robin that Carl killed Doreen and Robin didn't believe her, but Karen said she was there. Karen also told her baby daddy the same thing. And we, I think we talked about all that before, so I don't know that we need to really go into that much too much. Yeah, we did. We do need to talk about Barbara Raposa. Yeah. Robin says that she was a witness at this murder too. She, at least in court, that's what she said. Barbara was 19 years old. She was the, girlfriend of andy maltese who was let's remember Mm -hmm. 42 at least she's legal yeah barely barely yeah so the last date she was seen was november 8th 1979 so that is in between when doreen went missing and when uh sorry when doreen's body was found and then when karen's body was found karen's body was found yep barbara was found in january November she was her she went missing November eighth nineteen seventy nine her body was found January sixth nineteen eighty uh, went by a man who was walking his dog um, mm-hmm. we won't go into it too much but she was frozen solid it, you know mm-hmm. like January mm-hmm. and um, in Massachusetts yeah and her face was smashed in presumably by a cement block that was nearby and her hands were tied like the others 
So then we're going to talk to Andy Stoddard Colette again. And she said that she'd heard about Barbara when he told her that he had a, a new female in his life. And she said there was an age difference, but people look at it like it was a problem. She doesn't think it was a problem. And she said she has lots of aunts and uncles who have a 20-year age gap, and they're still married. And Mm -hmm. then I wrote in my notes, well, she comes from a long line of pedos, I guess. Yep. Mm -hmm. So Barbara also got pregnant. They think it was Andy's. She had a son. Trish, with Trish DeSoto, who we've talked about before, she talks about um, about Barbara, she was actually friends with Barbara, and that she was a. She said she was a good girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had put in my notes, she's maybe the only one in this whole show, I believe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except right. that she uh, said bad things about Robin at her pearl hearing. Anyway, uh, she said that Barbara was going to leave Andy and take his son, her son, their mm-hmm. son. Uh, his lawyer, Andy's lawyer, says that he doesn't really believe that Andy killed Barbara because the medical examiner said that whoever did that would have been covered in blood. And Andy lived with his mother and she didn't find any bloody clothes and he didn't come late home or anything like that. And then we go back to Andy's daughter and I just she she's she cracked me up in this one. She's like. Um, he wasn't there because he was at home in bed, just like my mammy said. And she wouldn't lie. She's a French woman from Canada. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> She's a French woman from Canada. She wouldn't those, lie. Those French women from Canada don't lie. Everybody no. else does, but not those French women. No, they don't lie. Yeah, I know. So anyway, Andy kept going back to the police, acting like he was helping, giving them ideas of who it could be. And then one day he came into the police station carrying a Bible, and he told them that he is with God now, but he used to be with the devil. He talked to the police for about 48 hours at that time, and he told them that he could see where Barbara was and wanted to take them there. He he said it was a, a vision. He had a vision of Barbara being murdered. Right. And just Probably so like happens. A memory. Yeah. Just so happens he knew everything. And when he told them all that he saw, uh, they... It, when they he took them to where uh, her body was, right, and from his vision, yeah, from his vision, and so yeah, they arrested him. Good. And then they cut to Robin, and she tells the story as she heard it from Andy, and he told her that he was carried by angels over mm-hmm. Barbara's body as yep. she was being murdered, mm-hmm. and that he knew that she was laying in the woods. He said she was bludgeoned to death with a rock. Mm-hmm. She told the police, and they basically say, "Yeah, he told us that too." Yeah. So she really wanted Andy to go down for this, and so she said to the police, "Let's say I was in the car with him. Would that be enough for you to go pick him up?" And they said, "Sure." And so she goes, "Well, then I was in the car with him. I was in the car with Andy and Barbara." Yep. So she it's just plays the game. Again. She just knows yeah. how to play the game. Yeah. So she said that she had been asked if she lied because of what he did to her, Andy, and she when he was when she was a kid. And she said, No, I she did it because she didn't want it to happen to anyone else. And it worked. Well, isn't she just so magnanimous? <sighs> I know. What a good person. I know. So the police were happy to play along, bringing Robin into the scene and guiding her through the whole thing For her. and being like isn't this, is this where he was? And th- is this where you stood when you watched? This is where you were, right? And she just so said, leading yep. questions, yep. just leading, yep. leading, 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 leading. Yep. So she was a star witness in Andy's trial as well as Carl's. Yep. Look and her. Yeah. 
And at the trial, the, the Andy's trial, they wanted to show that he had some sexual proclivities, if that's what you want to call it. So apparently he had this bag of toys that they brought up, talked about. It had rope, mm-hmm. handcuffs, uh, dildos, Which, other weird stuff in it. If it's both consenting, right. it's not a bad thing. Right. Like they're trying to paint this as some terrible, terrible sexual thing. And for him it was. But if yeah. you're both, do what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, so he was convicted. Mm-hmm. So he, but he did not go to prison. He went to a hospital for the mentally impaired, where he died of a stroke. So now we're going back. We're still interviewing Robin, so we're going back to her story of mm-hmm. Karen's murder. And this is at her parole hearing. She mm-hmm. said she'd been hanging out with Karen, and they parted ways. And she went to Sonny's house, and she says, "Quote my intent." That night was to cheat on Karen with Maureen Sparta. Sunny is Maureen. That's her nickname is Sunny. Her name oh. is Maureen. Her nickname is Sunny. So then she said that the next day after that, Karen was missing. She said she truly believes that Carl killed Karen and she really wanted him to go to jail so he wouldn't hurt anybody else. Again. Huh? Again. So big of her. So Robin says, we concocted a story of how she was killed. The police guided her every step of the way, uh, the police or the DA's office, so that she could testify that she had been there. Mm-hmm. Um, she said uh, it was all because Ron Pena, the DNA, the DNA. <laughs> <laughs> the double helix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ron Pena, the DNA, the D- God, I just fucking did it again. <laughs> you guys, it's 941. I'm it's past my bedtime. It's way past our bedtime. Um, she the said DNA. it was all because Ron Pina, the DA, was under pressure <laughs> to get this solved as he was yep. up for re-election, like we talked about before. Yep. So Robin was the key witness. So uh, in the current interview, the filmmaker asks Robin, why incorporate Satan into all this? And she said, oh, well, because the nice people said to. And he said, the DA? And she said, yes. Yeah, she basically admits to the filmmakers that all of that was made up because the DA told her to say it. Yep. And they said they said to her that it was a ritualistic killing. And then she just guessed on stuff like, oh, like, was there a pentagram there? Or, or you know, and they'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that. Say that. Yeah. Yeah. And she really thought she was helping because she really wanted to get Drew off the street, of course, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. reasons of her own. So um, then we, we talked to a, a woman whose last name is Goodwin. I missed her first name, but she's an author. And she talks about... I wrote it down. Okay. Megan. Megan, you're right. I don't know how I didn't write that down. How hurtful. All right? (laughs) Hurtful. (laughs) There's so few Megans anywhere. I'm sure it's in my main notes. It's fine. There's a Hallmark movie where the main character is a Megan, by the way. Oh, good. Terrible, but I watched it because her name was Megan. Of course. Terrible. I've seen a few Amy ones, too. Nice. So Megan Goodwin, she's the Mm -hmm. author, tells us in the late 70s and early 80s, prosecutors were more likely to assume that something doubly was going on. And then Seth, who we talked about before, he also said that many of them were already primed by a Bible belief. Mm -hmm. And then Fall River itself had nine churches. That's a small town. Nine churches. churches. So it was natural to believe that Satan was behind everything. It's probably just easier for them than to think that it was actually one of their own people that, Mm -hmm. you know, live next Mm -hmm. door or whatever. Yeah. So January 14th, 1981, Robin pled guilty. This was to uh, Karen's murder. And they told her she'd probably get 12 years. 
The assistant DA and the DA told her that she would have to be testifying about about the Doreen murder as well. And this is all during Karen's trial now. Right. Andy's trial is done. Mm-hmm. Um, they told her that uh, that she would be testifying about the Doreen murder. And she said she didn't know anything about it because she lied and she wasn't there. She was like, I made that. I made it all up. I don't. Mm-hmm. And they were like, they left. They came back in the room with a bunch of other people who all sat her down and said, you have to tell the same story that you told to the grand jury. Because basically, you you that story you told is what got us You're here. You're the key. And you, we can't right. win this without you telling that same story again, even if it's not fucking true. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, she she said, you're going to say you were there. This is what you saw. That's what we agreed to. So we end this episode on another cliffhanger. This is a big cliffhanger. This is a big one. And I think we'll have to stop tonight for this one. Yes. And the next time we get together, we will talk about this episode because this was a fucking doozy. It was. Yeah. So yeah. do you want to we- do you want to end this one and talk about the cliffhanger? You can just look at my notes. Sure. Um, so the filmmaker is contacted by a man who said that he had new evidence in the Marston murder, but he wanted to remain anonymous. So we have him, he's in shadows. We, you know, I think they, if memory serves, they did, um, distort his voice as well. They might have. Um, yeah. So they bring him in and he said that when he was about five or six, that he saw someone killing a girl. Mm -hmm. And then that's the end of episode three. End scene. And scene. And yeah, it was, so. uh, it was pretty, it, yeah, it was like, yeah, a, that was a, what? It, but again, it just goes to show that they didn't have evidence. They just decided Carl did it. And, yep. and that's what uh, we, they did. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say that doesn't happen anymore, but because I think it does, mm. but um, yeah. All right. So. I guess all we have left is our Alanism. Is our Alanism. So I went through the li- Oh, I want to say it today, that not the day you guys are listening to this, but the yeah. day we are recording this, which is um, November 7th, mm-hmm. uh, is the anniversary of my dad's passing. Oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. So, Dad, if you want to say I really anything, hope he's here. Yeah, right please. Here. Not we'll give you a moment. Yeah. Yeah, not into the Yeah, here, we can, we can do a, a count. Do you see the do you see the little <laughs> dial? Speak above that. Yeah, you want to speak right above the dial. I'm pretty sure my dad knows how to speak into it. He probably phone. does. Um your dad was a lot smarter than me. I'm well, no. Why is it Tinny? It's it's just that he was in broadcasting for I don't 500. know, Amy. Why? It's not my fault that it's Tinny. <laughs> Actually, it is, you fucking idiots. <laughs> I hope I didn't make you feel like that. No, you didn't. I just did that on my own. <laughs> okay. So uh, the one I picked was, this was um, because I knew we were probably going to do this and we did uh, ramble mm-hmm. a bit. Um, so this was, uh, Jackie had written this was, he had said this after he had been talking randomly for some time. Mm-hmm. Quote, I'm on a field and stream, end quote. Nice. That's a good one. Yeah. I think he was. I think he was trying to say that he was like stream of consciousness, right? You know, I yeah. think he was like trying to stream. say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was on a field and stream. So, okay. Right. So, thanks everybody, and thanks, everybody. we will see you next week for the conclusion of this um, in-depth saga. Case. Yeah, and it then, is a saga. Yeah, 
then we'll probably we'll do at least one episode because yes. it's Megan's turn yes. to do a Dead Files episode after that. Yeah. So I'm we will do it. that and then probably take a break. Maybe we'll a if bit we of can breathe. Maybe we'll find something we can do together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another one we do together or something. But a we'll see. Funzy, little fun one. Yeah. But yeah. Not okay. as in depth as this. I think we both need a mental break after this because holy shit. Oh man, this is dark. This is dark, this is dark. A doozy. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Thanks, All right. everybody. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Activity Continues podcast. We really appreciate you giving us your ears for a bit. Please reach out if you have a suggestion for which episode of The Dead Files we should cover next, or if you have a spooky story you'd like us to share on the show. We can be reached at theactivitycontinues at gmail.com or through our website or any of our socials. Links are all in the description of the show. Please feel free to drop us a note and say hi. And join us next time when The Activity Continues. The Activity Continues is produced by me, Amy, at Collected Sounds Media, and is part of the independent Collected Sounds Podcast Network. We are also proud members of the Boo Pod Network of super cool podcasts. Nailed it.